You're listening to the Stoic Philosophy Podcast, Practical Wisdom for Everyday Life. I'm Justin Vakula, and this is episode 24, titled, Is Emotion Knowledge? Visit my website at justinvakula.com, where you can connect with me on social media and see past content on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, or Stitcher. Support my work by becoming a donor through Patreon or PayPal. Share, comment, like, subscribe, and leave a review to help support my efforts and keep this project going. What is knowledge? How are we to form accurate beliefs about the world? What role might feelings have in producing justified true beliefs? Are we justified in believing something because we feel passion, because we feel so strongly about a certain proposition? Questions like these are recurring philosophical themes in ancient and modern times. I recently discovered an article on campusreform.org, which describes an assistant professor at the University of New Mexico who argues that valuing emotion as knowledge is a way to deconstruct hegemonic white identity in the classroom. I won't focus on responding to this paper here, particularly to talk about hegemony or white identity, but instead will focus on the topic of emotions and knowledge, which Stoic philosophers have a great deal to say about. Stoic philosophers encourage us to be mindful of our emotions rather than suppressing or discounting them. To question our passions, especially negative emotions, as I have discussed in a previous episode titled Coping with Negative Emotions. If we can moderate how we feel, not falling into a self-destructive state, especially when being emboldened by anger and when we can hurt others, make impulsive decisions we may later regret and otherwise would not make with a sounder mind, we can live a more content life, be more in control of ourselves with far fewer negative happenings and less drama in our lives. It's in our power to reform ourselves, to change our impressions. The way we view the world, Stoics will say, may be a difficult journey, although possible, even if, with just small steps and small progress, undoing, shall we say, unproductive, destructive modes of thinking, habits, and ways we respond to the world around us. We can say that emotions give us knowledge about ourselves, our subjective states, how we are feeling, what we may be feeling, though, how we might respond to certain events in the world, especially chance happenings, things outside of our control, dealing with difficult people. This is really important for Stoic writers. How should we respond? Shall we be angry? Shall we set the world on fire, be overly cynical, harm others, harm ourselves, and feel justified in doing so just because we feel a certain way? What if we happen to be mistaken about our interpretations, and or there can be better ways to cope with inevitable suffering? Life is not a dainty affair. Life is not a dance, the Stoics say. I've heard, especially on social media, people talking about their anger, using phrases like being justified in anger, saying, don't invalidate how I feel, don't invalidate my anger. I have a right to feel a certain way, and this often comes with what seems to be a blank check that people write for themselves to commit any and all acts, including, as we have seen in modern times, and older, property destruction, violence against others, personal attacks, surely not the behavior these people would like to see directed at them. But in casting others as villains, running wild with their emotions, they enter into a dangerous state rather than stepping back and questioning their perceptions, finding more constructive ways to respond. They create a barrier, it seems, to be immune from criticism and write off all who criticize, shutting down discussion, not dealing with arguments, not considering different perspectives, and being stuck in an unproductive mode of rage. Indeed, we may feel angry about what we consider injustice, and we might be right that certain people have been treated unfairly. We look at corruption in politics, for instance, which leads to suffering, a flawed criminal justice system, parents who abuse their children, needless exploitation and suffering animals face. There's lots in this world we can be angry about, but is this the most helpful tool we want to bring to the forefront? Because we feel a certain way, well, 
is this enough to constitute knowledge? What facts, what arguments, what evidence might support a position we hold? What are the best arguments against our position? What alternate explanations might account for a certain phenomena? Can we say something more than, it feels right to me? Casting emotion as knowledge, at least just considering emotion, leads to unescapable problems, contradictions. A simple example here, perhaps you strongly feel that a neighbor is intentionally trying to make your life miserable, while someone else strongly feels that she has no malicious intent. How do we determine who's right? Surely, both can't be. We'll need more than emotion here to settle the issue. The expression, perception is reality, seems common in today's age, a phrase I don't particularly like, because meaning needs to be unpacked. And this phrase leads to confusion. What do we mean by reality here? A person can strongly believe something is true. People will say, it's real for them. But this doesn't mean a belief constitutes an objective reality. This is merely talk about subjective perception. They strongly believe they are right. But could they be mistaken, perhaps employing faulty reasoning and arriving at their conclusions? Let us be humble in admitting we could possibly be wrong about what we think is true, especially when we feel strongly that strong emotion might lead us astray. Surely we can consider what others believe and not glibly write them off. Let's hear what they have to say and try to attain more insight. Although let's pick our battles, especially in what can be seemingly endless internet discussions. Let's use our time well, the Stoics urge. In my role as a mental health counselor in training, for instance, I work with students in a professional capacity. I'll encounter someone who's having a difficult time, try to get the story, understand why they are feeling what they are feeling, and have a discussion about it. Display empathy, talk about the issue, offer support and encouragement even. Talk about solutions to the problem, identify flawed cognitions if they're present, find out what the person values, try to make meaning of the experience. I can make many and take many approaches depending on the student and the situation. Let's look to writings from Stoic philosopher Seneca for more thoughts on this matter of emotions constituting knowledge. In his letter titled On Festivals and Fasting, Seneca talks about the dangers of anger, how our rational faculty, our thoughts, can be compromised amidst passion, how we should seek to avoid excessive emotion, which can harm us and others. We should especially be skeptical of conclusions we reach, what we are thinking, if we happen to be angry. He writes, This emotion blazes out against all sorts of persons. It springs from love as much as from hate, and shows itself not less in serious matters than in jest and sport. It makes no difference how important the provocation may be, but into what kind of soul it penetrates. Similarly, with fire, it does not matter how great is the flame, but what it falls upon. The outcome of a mighty anger is madness, and hence anger should be avoided, not merely that we may escape excess, but that we may have a healthy mind. This having a healthy mind, being free of excess, yearning toward moderation, improving our mindset, these are key elements of Stoic philosophy. A mighty anger is something to be avoided. This emotion, especially when of great intensity, interferes with the rational process of acquiring and evaluating knowledge. We should not desire anger. We should avoid using phrases like, he made me angry, and take more ownership over our emotions and thoughts, not blame others, but instead have more control over our lives, and better deal with adversity. In the quest for knowledge, and improving ourselves, and looking to lead a better life, anger is not the weapon we should want to seek. In his letter titled On Allegiance to Virtue, Seneca talks about negative emotions, passions, compromising wisdom and reason, and threatening our contentment. We ought not be ruled by passions, by impulsive decisions, but rather by a sound mind on Seneca's view, guided by philosophy, guided by wisdom. He writes, Take yourself, therefore, to philosophy, if you would be safe, untroubled, happy, in fine, if you wish to be, and that is most important, free. There is no other way to attain this end. These passions, which are heavy taskmasters, sometimes ruling by turns, and sometimes together, can be banished from you by wisdom, which is the only real freedom. Proceed with steady step, and if you would have all things under your control, put yourself under the control of reason. 
If reason becomes your ruler, you will become ruler over many. You will learn from her what you should undertake and how it should be done. You will not blunder into things. Seneca calls for reasoned, deliberate, careful approach to life, with self-reflection, scorning that which can lead us to make reckless decisions, lead us away from reason. For him, freedom is working towards self-mastery, control in our lives, being without negative emotions which can compromise us. Indeed, we may be afflicted with intense negative emotions, especially in moments like grief, facing injustice. Maybe we can't be totally free, totally masters of ourselves, but we can work to improve our condition, work toward the Stoic sage, this master of self, to meet the Stoic ideal, and we'll be much better for it. We can combine emotion and reason, have moderation to not totally discount emotion, suppress emotion, neglect how we are feeling, and let us also not think of emotion as all which is needed for knowledge, to discount a rational approach, to be too self-confident in believing something simply because we feel strongly, to lack humility. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more content. Visit my website at justinvaquilla.com, where you can find links to my social media portals, and see past content on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, or Stitcher. Support my work by becoming a donor through Patreon or PayPal. Share, comment, like, subscribe, and leave a review to help support my efforts and keep this project going. Podcast music is brought to you by Phil Giordana's symphonic metal group Fairyland. The song is titled Master of the Waves from their album Score to a New Beginning. Find more information in the show notes. Have a great day and enjoy the music. Raise yourself.